0: Back in the cupping room at World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason, our OMN Coffee Shop conversations home. I'm Tom D'Antoni. Today we've got Dean Mueller in the room, a bass player formerly with the Insomniacs, still with Duffy Bishop when she comes up from Florida, band leader with partner Julia Michi, and for the past couple of years promoter and curator at the very popular Lake Theater and Cafe in Lake Oswego. Imagine that, a successful new venue. How did he do that? Why would he even try, and how did it happen? He's also one of the few bass players who specializes, although not exclusively, in the upright bass, in with electronic instruments. How did he get there? How's he doing? Let's meet Dee Mueller, shall we? Well, welcome to the cupping room. That's thank you, barista nice. talk. Nice to be here here uh, at World Cup Coffee and Tea, in Northwest 18th and Gleason, where we have our little coffee shop conversations. Um, now, you're best known as a bass player, right? Yes. But now you are a you're not a club owner, but you're a you're a concert. What are you now?
1: Um. I don't really have a title. Yeah. I started out just booking the room. Yeah. Um, they just wanted to try music, and uh-huh. I started booking it. And I am guess I'm a promote, a promoter. Promoter. There yeah. you go. There you that go. would be my title.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you think you would ever be a promoter?
1: <laughs> no, it's not really the plan. But, <laughs> y- you know, when I was in the Insomniacs, yeah. and... Uh, was just the bass player, uh-huh. a temporary bass player. At yeah. That it it became just obvious that you know booking booking the band is really important. And yeah. these days you can't just have a gig and have people show up six nights a week or seven nights a week. It's a lot harder to get people. And even when the insomnia were doing it, it was a lot harder. So I just kind of looked into looked at what other artists were doing, where they were playing, what it took to promote shows, and just kind of took over that uh, mantle for the Insomniacs. Uh-huh. And...
0: You found you had a knack for it?
1: Record- recorded the album. Yeah, yeah, I could deal with people pretty well. Yeah. And so... And it's the only way to to take something from scratch yeah. and become successful. Because the odds of getting somebody else to come in and do it for you are pretty low. So I really started it from the band aspect Uh and really looked forward to getting out of that when I left the (laughs) Insomniacs and just being a bass player again, Uh which I love. But, but, you know, again, if you're going to make your own projects happen or make things happen, a lot of times you have to make them happen. You can't just sit around and wait for them to be. So half of it is just creating... Work and opportunities for myself and the people I work with, and half of it is just having a knack for being able to pull musicians together and find out what an audience wants and bring them together. Which is, you know, why many of us play music. Yeah. And so, just the ability, being somebody that can actually help get those people together and create that environment, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it a lot. I don't like a lot of the. Keyboard typing and stuff I have to do and Uh outreach, but somebody's got to do it.
0: (laughs) Um, Will there ever be an Insomniacs reunion?
1: I have never heard of any talk of that. Okay,
0: all right. (laughs) They were very popular.
1: Yes, it was a great band. Yeah, it was a great band. Yeah, fun band. Oh well. (laughs) Well. They come, they go. They do come and go. Yeah, Yeah. but you know the players are still around, so I'm sure Vias will come up with something that he's going to do. I'm not sure what he's up to, but Uh he's a great, talented songwriter and guitar player. So,
0: and and the name is still there. People, you know, people have fond memories of the Insomniacs.
1: Yep, I get comments every once in a while where somebody's still got the album, the CD in their car. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. We had a good time.
0: So were you playing with them and Duffy at the same time? Duffy Bishop? No. Okay.
1: I uh, When I left the Insomniacs, I got a nice little message from Duffy. Yeah. Saying uh, she'd be honored to have me play bass with her.
0: And so, when was that?
1: Boy, I think that was now 2010 or 11. Wow. I think uh-huh. my first gig with her was the Blues Fest in 2010. I actually played with her at a blues festival a couple years earlier. Uh-huh. Just kind of a something she did with Ellen White and her yeah, band. And yeah. they wanted an upright player. Uh-huh. And then she was the first call I got after the word got out yeah. that I had, uh, had left the insomniacs. So I was honored to do it. So I just, just jumped on it right away.
0: Did you play upright or, or electric?
1: I played upright with her mostly. Really? But... Some of the gigs were hard on the upright, yeah, because of the intensity of and the power associated yeah. with the performances. So yeah. we still do when I when we play at the theater or something like that. I play the upright uh-huh. with her, but uh-huh. if there's on the big stage or you know at the festival, uh-huh. I'll I'll generally use the electric, or sometimes I'll do a little of both. Yeah, and then I got one of those electric uprights. Oh yeah, and I played that for a couple years. With the her. stick. Ah. Yeah, Steinberger.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. And that there you can get all the volume you need and all the sustain. So. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't I haven't broke that out in a while.
0: <laughs> what do you prefer?
1: Um I prefer the upright. Yeah. Yeah. But it it's whatever the music needs and uh-huh. if I'm in a and I love playing powerful music on a big stage And I, you know, so I love playing the electric bass still. Yeah. It's, there are two different instruments, Uh even though they're both a bass. Uh Um, But I I tend to lean more towards a little um, open music now, and it's not really intensity. It's just the vibe of how much music is happening, and Uh the upright fits into that scenario, really well uh-huh. and then as things get more and more dense the electric bass is where it's at
0: yeah you know um, it's it's uh, difficult enough to be a musician these days and and, and then to, to to be a promoter at the same time and to start in a, start up a new venue how why and why the lake theater
1: yeah, uh, why is a combination of things just falling into place, and which is often the case, I think. Yeah, I didn't seek out the Lake Theater. Really? Um, no, I didn't seek out doing it at all. But I, uh, the owner, Drew Prell had just renovated it and uh, I know him because of my time at the coast. They've got a place in Manzanita, mm-hmm. so we met over wine and we've talked and he's he's had this idea of having music there even though it's primarily a theater. Yeah. And I would have house concerts again uh-huh. in my house here with Duffy or Curtis Salgado
0: uh-huh.
1: or whoever, Rich Del Grosso, people would come through town uh-huh. and they saw that and then I also started doing a similar thing at I guess I had not thought about this a lot but I started doing the same thing at a venue in Manzanita I would you know do a gig with Curtis and Alan and then we'd go to Manzanita and do one at the winery and then uh-huh. we'd go to this wine bar and have a show there and though they became really nice shows this community loved it it was super well attended I knew people to the contact, so they were always packed. So they started getting a lot of attention in Manzanita. So I think Drew just kind of saw what I did at various things. He said, hey, mm-hmm. you want to give it a shot?
0: Wow.
1: On, and we decided, well, let's try Mondays, because that's when that venue is very available. And, again, it just started with the same people that I do house concerts with or mm-hmm. take to Manzanita was uh, Julie Amici and Chris Carlson and I did the first two weeks, uh-huh. and then Duffy and Chris and I did the next two, yeah. and then I played with uh, Alan and Curtis there, so it was just kind of the same people, and then it's, you know, I wasn't even charging to do it or anything, it was just show up, I brought my own PA, lugged the, P in the <laughs> pay PA in there every week, and then it just started uh, getting. A lot of recognition, and Drew said that he wanted to keep doing it. So I said, sure. And then I had to work a little harder at who I was going to get because I couldn't play there every week. Right. I think for the first two weeks, I was some part of the band. (laughs) And, um, you know, it just started taking off. I just started calling other people, mostly in the blues world, because those are the people I had worked with so well but it's really gone off into some other mm-hmm. um genres. Uh some folk and mm-hmm. bluegrass and some country and uh some jazz. And some soul? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're having Andy Stokes yeah. coming up um yeah, next month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. um you know LaRonda Steele has been one of the people that started out really early with us there, and mm-hmm. so I have her at least twice a year. Yeah, usually, uh, definitely, well, probably more like three times a year. Uh-huh. She did the Christmas show with us last night, and she always, I always have her for gospel, uh-huh. Easter gospel, uh-huh. and then um, they did their CD release party with uh, the CD she did with Lewis Payne. Yeah, so. And I'm going to get the date. I'm going to pull it up on my fancy phone here. (laughs) Um, King Louie and Andy Stokes, January 30th.
0: Ah, So these are acoustic
1: concerts? No. Oh, okay. No.
0: All
1: right. I do have some volume limitations of what I can do in the theater. Yeah. Because it bleeds in the theater next door, and that's their primary business. Right. You can't have people going to see a movie and hearing the rock concert next door right it's just they can't do it so we are limited but everything's amplified it's Uh you can do an acoustic show in that room but it's a 90 person room that sounds great so we 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 help it out a little bit we've got a small pa Uh same one i used in, in the insomniacs i ended up just um setting the theater up with that PA and uh-huh. so it's very minimal amplification but guitars ha- are amplified and basses are amplified and yeah. keyboards are amplified yeah, yeah. but it's a moderate it's a moderate volume room. and of course when Louis plays his organ in there and brings in his Leslie it's, yeah. it gets a little pumping that's about as far as we can go
0: and some of these singers get pretty pumping too. <laughs> they do.
1: It's really bass and drums that uh-huh. you gotta contain. Is that right? those are things that
0: the vocals you know, tr- don't don't bleed.
1: Transfer the vocals usually don't. Really? Yeah, they don't. They don't rock the rock the walls. You got stuff. some big lungs in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we do, and you can hear it. You know, yeah. it, it's just it's just the the thumping. Yeah. Of a kick yeah. and a bass yeah. that'll bleed, yeah. you know, yeah. through the foundation <laughs> and into the next room. Wow. More so than vocals. Is that right? Yeah.
0: That's interesting was that trial and error on your part?
1: Uh, well, I just know that cuz of my studio work. Okay. But yeah. it it also is because the manager comes in and goes, "Can hey. you, you know, can can we not put the drummer against the wall yeah. or not have the bass." So <laughs> it was also just proven in reality. Yeah. So I have to be careful with bass players mm-hmm. and certain bands and um, I just have to talk to the artist and say, "Look, this is what we do here." Yeah. And if it's if if it's not the thing that they want to do, then it's not a good match. Yeah. But if they want to change what they do, um, like we're having Ty Curtis come up, uh, I believe it's in February, and February thirteenth, and he's a you know he's a rock and blues guy. Yeah. With yeah. a lot of power, and he's going to do an unplugged concert. So wow. he's going to play acoustic guitar, huh. bring an upright bass player, and.
0: So you can actually get electric guitar players to turn down. Is that what you're trying to say me? <laughs> you,
1: you have to take their electric guitar <laughs> out of their hand and give them an acoustic guitar. No, they're, you know, there's tasty guys and there's other guys that need the power. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: you know, Alan Hager was in there last night. Yeah. Super tasty. Right. You never have to ask him to turn down. Yeah. Yeah. He'd yeah. rather be there in the first place. But, um, That's funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, so, it, it, just, it just, back to the original question, it just yeah. took off, uh-huh. and it was a regular gig for me, I live like five minutes from the theater, wow. so it's an opportunity for me to, to actually produce shows, uh-huh. which is... Uh-huh. They're kind of combined promoter, but when you're also a musician and you can put together a show and produce it and kind of be the musical director or whatever, you can Uh just start coming up with stuff. So we started Uh doing a Patsy Cline tribute show, Uh and then I do a holiday show every year, Uh and the first one was you know, before the place had only been doing music about four months, Uh and uh, Curtis and LaRonda and Julie did it, and so this year it was just LaRonda and Julie. And it was great. So it's, it's a good place to kind of have specialty shows uh-huh. that people can't go see for free at the Muddy Rudder or, you know, somewhere else. Yeah. So a few things are important. I love uh-huh. to pack the place. Yeah. I love to pay the musicians really well. Yeah. And on a Monday night, if I can create an environment that does both, it will just keep going. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we've got so many great musicians in this town.
0: Are you tempted to expand things?
1: Uh, you mean there? Anywhere. Uh, I've thought about it. But the problem with doing this is it it does detract from my playing
2: oh, and
1: yeah, yeah. the ability to do my own projects. So every time you bring in a new variable, especially if it's a... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, it does detract. So it does a couple of things. It creates an opportunity to do stuff, Yeah. at the same time it's a whole bunch more work Uh to be a promoter but when you're a musician, either you have to decide that you're going to also teach or you're going to do studio work or you're going to do something that brings in more regular money than playing, so it's a balance between going in that direction to the to the degree that makes sense, Uh and going so far in that direction that I can't focus on the music as much
0: as I should. And you're in Julie's band.
1: Yes, Julie Amici. Yeah. And that's my primary thing, and we're working on an EP right now. Really? Yeah, it's all original music, so... Uh Uh-huh. Is it blues? No. Uh It's... uh, It kind of is blues. It's... It's a very acoustic thing. It's kind of bluegrassy. Oh. And we are actually writing a bunch of songs. I think we have six written. Some have gone even in a pop t- kind of direction. Oh. And we decided to kind of let them develop on their own, mm-hmm. uh, working with Alan Jones, our producer. Uh-huh. But now we're start and we released one, and we're starting co- to coalesce around the vibe of that song and the <laughs> instrumentation, which are, has like a banjo and a, huh. a fiddle player who we never play with live. Wow. So we're, we're starting to hear more of our music going in that direction, so we're going to go with it.
0: You may have to add a fiddle player and a banjo to your band. <laughs> well, we're going to have to for the
1: CD release. Yeah.
0: For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever play one of those banjos with a guitar neck?
1: No. There's a name for those. Uh, Gatanjo, I think it's called. I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I had Pilar French in here one time, and um, she brought it with her. And it's really strange. It's a very strange instrument because it sounds like a banjo, and it looks like a banjo except it has a guitar neck. Wow. She just was was having a lot of fun fooling around
1: with it, you know. She's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, now, are you from Chicago?
1: I'm from the Chicago, the outline area of Chicago, okay. north of Chicago. All right. Yep.
0: And you play the upright bass, right? And you play the blues. So the first th- the first thing I think of is Willie Dixon. Yeah. Was he your man?
1: Yes. When I when I decided in the early 2000s that I I missed playing music. Uh huh. I decided to, you know, play the bass again, and so I sought out a couple... I I just... I started going to some music camps and kind of tried it. I went to PCC, took the engineering, audio engineering program there, because I was also very interested in recording and doing it myself. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's silly. (laughs) It it worked out, but... We we recorded the Insomniac CD in, in my house. So... It, it came in useful. Uh, anyway, that's when I first met Alan Jones. Mm-hmm.
0: Alan Jones, a drummer. Yeah. Okay.
1: And I went out to his house, and I was thinking about being a jazz bass player. Really. Yeah. Huh. Because I, I just love I love jazz and uh-huh. I love blues. I I loved them both. Who was
0: your I, jazz bass bass hero? Um.
1: Probably Paul Chambers. Uh uh-huh. um, huh.
0: Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Probably Paul Chambers. Leroy oh, Vinegar. Yeah. Um, sure, of course. There's a bunch. Yeah, Ron yeah. Carter and. Uh
0: huh. Mingus? Yeah.
1: Mingus is super yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of funny how I ended up in the blues. <laughs> I went to Centrum, the program up in Washington. Uh-huh. It's a Acoustic Blues Week, and there's a Jazz Week, and those programs are great. If anyone's interested in being a musician, or they have a writer's workshop and a dance workshop, and you get in there and you spend a week with like-minded people doing these things. So anyway, I went to the Jazz Workshop and got my my butt kicked there <laughs> with all these great jazz bass players, uh-huh. and I was like, wow. I think I missed the boat here on <laughs> the window of opportunity to learn all this stuff I need to learn to be a good jazz bass player.
0: Wow. Was that a disappointment? What's that? Were you disappointed?
1: Yeah, I was like, I, I was, um, I, w- I just felt like, oh, crap, what am I doing here? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the repertoire yeah. that you need to know, besides yeah. the, 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 the you're dealing with this instrument that takes so much strength and yeah. Um, practice Yeah, I just thought oh I remember why I didn't become a musician in the first place it's going to take forever <laughs> and then I went to the blues week back to back and I was like wow I need to do this because I could just hear it and I got, I got opportunities to get on the stage there and play with in front of a couple thousand people with Rich Del Grosso uh-huh. My honey Boy Edwards, wow. uh, Cephas and Wiggins. Wow. I just got these opportunities yeah, yeah. as a student. Yeah. So I came back and I was like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a blues bass player. Huh. And I started working right away. And then <laughs> I'm, I ran into Alan Jones at the jazz camp. He was uh-huh. a teacher, yeah. and he's a very, uh, he's wise. And besides being talented, he's, he's a great teacher. And I still study with him today. Do you? Yep. I go to the wow. Alan Jones Academy of Music. Wow. Meet with him once a week. I'm gonna see him tonight. Amazing. And that's how our relationship began way back then and I did had a lesson. He's a great bass player. He's a great upright bass Is player. Is that right?
0: Yeah. He's, Nobody knows that.
1: Well, they should. Really? When we gig with them, we do this little thing where he comes yeah. up and plays the bass and wow. I can dance with Julie in the center of the stage and then God, go He's one
0: of the great drummers in the world. Yes, he is. And he plays bass. He plays bass. <laughs> I wonder what else he plays. I bet mean, he plays a, a lot of other instruments.
1: He plays sax. Yeah. When we when we play on Tuesday, he plays yeah. sax. <laughs> Somebody else plays drums. <laughs> he plays piano. Yeah. He plays guitar. Jeez. He played ukulele and guitar on our first single that we recorded with. Uh-huh. Him. So yeah, he can play pretty much anything. Wow. Um anyway, back to the Willie Dixon yeah. discussion. Yeah. I had a 4-hour lesson with him and without going into tons of details, one of the things he says is, "Look, you have to you have to find your own way. You have to think about if you were able to play with anybody or be them find somebody Uh and um, find tapes of them find video footage of them find anything they touched their hands on whether it was producer Mm -hmm. bass player whatever and I chose Willie Dixon so I went out and I got Willie Dixon stuff and I just ran it continuously and I just (laughs) tried to learn everything that I could I still don't have a slap technique down <laughs> that's for sure but I think that's where I also picked up a lot of the other things that Willie did which is you know produce music and bring musicians together and yeah that business aspect uh-huh. of, of who he was and what he did
0: yeah far yeah our outreach is what if he people did don't really people don't realize there. that yeah yeah
1: well um so anyway that's where my that's my Willie Dixon story wow is. um I chose him for the, you know, be a main, in- main influence for blues. And I think that's where, even when I play electric, I still play it more like an upright. I keep it simple. I don't, I'm not a funk player. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of things that, I just don't hear them. They're not
0: part mm-hmm. of
1: mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, sometimes I go off in that direction a little bit, but, uh, you know, you got to play what you hear. Otherwise, you're just... Pushing buttons,
0: yeah. So, so you you don't do the Larry Graham?
1: No, I love yeah. it. Yeah. When I grew up, man, I, I, Stanley Clark and yeah, there's all these guys that can slap right. the heck out of a bass. Yeah. Marcus Miller, I mean, sure. great influences, great music. Yeah. Was, yeah. There's another guy that went off and did a lot of different things, but um, it's just not me. So yeah. I never spent much time working on that technique.
0: Larry Graham never got his due. Never, never
1: got his no, due. He's yeah.
0: No he didn't. I when when Liv Warfield first went out with Prince, I you know, I would see her tweets and she said, I play with I played with Larry Graham tonight. And I'm like, Holy shit, you you play with Larry Graham? Larry Graham was playing with Prince? He goes, Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. <laughs> um so uh uh so you said that you came back to music. Where where had you gone?
1: I went to college. Yeah? Yeah. Where'd you go? I went to Southern Illinois University. Really? And then yeah. I went to Arizona State University. Huh.
0: To I study what?
1: Electrical engineering. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, and I started building effects pedals, and uh-huh. I built a synthesizer as a project, huh. I built a digital delay unit before there was digital delay units. Now everyone wants an analog one.
2: I, <laughs> wish, I,
1: I wish I realized how good it was. But there's a dark period of technology there yeah. taking over music that um, uh, I was very interested in. But and that's why when when I started getting back into music, I got you know took. Yeah. Because I understood how that stuff worked. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, huh. I, I got a decent ear. I don't have as, as good as ears, many people, but it's it's pretty good.
0: Um, how can you tell you don't have good as uh, ears as good as some people?
1: How, how, how do you know that? Because I've seen people in the studio like uh-huh. Bob Stark and yeah. Dean Baskerville, uh-huh. and those guys taught me a lot. I, You know, I'd get to so far in a project, and then I'd work with them. And so I learned a lot from them. Would
0: they point out something that you didn't hear and then maybe you, you, you heard it? Did it work? It work like that. Yeah,
1: it does. It did. And Uh whatever, what also happened is I saw their process by sitting with them and realize what they were listening for. They're obviously super experienced. So some of it is just, um, learning the process But Uh then also you have to know what you're listening for. Right. Um, But you're kind of learning, oh, that's what I'm listening for. So then that's how you develop your ear. Uh But there's still people that, um, you know, I'm a decent sound guy Uh at the theater. I usually run the sound. But I've also been in rooms where I've seen people that are dealing with a feedback issue and, you know, some guy c- that knows what's going on just walks up and he knows exactly what frequency is yeah. and where to notch it. And that's <laughs> when I'm like, okay. It's like having perfect, perfect pitch or something. Yeah. It's like yeah. really, really knowing it uh-huh. without having to go turn knobs to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not that guy. <laughs> so I do know there's people with better ears. But well, maybe you're getting there. Maybe. 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 Well, I think it's great that,
0: that there's a, a, a venue on Monday nights and people can go and, and hear great music and, and uh, you know it's, uh, it's you know you, you really have, have, have established a, a, a really solid niche.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every Monday, seven o'clock. I think we've sold out every weekend since mid-October when we had Curtis Celgado wow. there.
0: Well, that's unheard of. No, it really is. It
1: doesn't happen often. (laughs) I'm really pleased. It's going to slow down in January. Well,
2: maybe. Um, Who knows?
0: Maybe not. Who knows? I I, I keep
1: getting calls from people that want to play there, and so it keeps evolving
0: into Not only that, people need a break. Yeah. People really need a break. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, And, um, you know, uh, because it's bad people are feeling bad. Yeah. Real bad. And music's right.
1: Music will get you away from the computer and right. the TV and yeah. get you Yeah. you know th- that's one of the reasons I I like promoting too and putting on shows is uh uh-huh. create helping helping to be part of that energy exchange whether you whether I'm playing myself or I'm I'm listening to it, just getting people out of the house, getting yeah. them yeah. creating something that every Monday night they're going to go do something. Yeah, it feels pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. the world needs it
0: really bad. Yeah, really really bad. I had a yeah. I had Andrew Durkin in here a few weeks ago, the great jazz composer, and um, he has a new album out on Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble label and he writes the stuff he writes is very complicated but it has it, it's kind of funny in a zappa kind of way uh, right he used to write he used to write uh, stuff for the his industrial jazz group that had that had lyrics and act because they had singers then and actually actually was funny you know i mean like yeah a, a great song He had two two female singers in and it was um uh why don't you get a real job <laughs> Really funny tune. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he doesn't... The stuff he's doing now is, it doesn't doesn't have words, but still, you know, he I, 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 I was sitting there and I went, you know, I know you didn't... I know you, you wrote it months and months ago, but your album is a respite. And he went, wow. And it's true. It's true. I mean, um, things are going to get really bad. <laughs> yeah. Really, really bad. And... um I was I was on Facebook the other day and, and a a guy I know who is a radio guy said I've lost my faith in humanity and I said I answered him and I said, Well we just have to keep doing our jobs which is to comfort and and, and inspire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I really believe that. I Every do you know, whatever I do with Oregon Music News or sit down at K M H D that's that's the most important thing we can do right now is yeah. to is to is to comfort and inspire, you know. I think. I do too.
1: Yeah. In yeah, yeah. in fact, that's something that we're keeping mindful of when we do this original album, the yeah. Julie Amici album, and yeah. the Yellow Roses, the first song that came out. Uh-huh. It's it's warm. Uplifting music. It's, yeah. it's good. And so we're trying to still stay positive mm-hmm. and, you know, create something that brings people together and yeah. not drives
0: them apart. But the blues, that's its reason for being. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, if you, you know, you think about the people, you know, who, who are the originators, you know.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe we're in we're in a time of better music then because <laughs> we we could use that as well I think yeah yeah absolutely so could be an inspiration in the end
0: well I hope so yeah hope so hope so listen, listen congratulations on this thing this is a great Thank thing you. it's terrific
1: and the, uh, you know I do want to just so people know about the theater yeah. it's. You know, it's a 90-person capacity, uh-huh. capacity room. The sound is fantastic, uh-huh. and it's a show, two 45-minute sets. Yeah. People aren't talking. Sometimes we open up a dance floor there, but it's uh-huh. mostly cabaret seating, yeah. great food, always all ages, uh-huh. uh, full bar. So it's, you know, I, I, I can take partial credit for getting people out there and getting the acts and stuff, but they really created a nice space uh-huh. that people enjoy going
0: to. What are the prices generally?
1: Uh, they range from ten dollars for a ticket, uh-huh. some twelve dollars. Though I think yeah. Stephanie Schneiderman's playing next week for fifteen uh-huh. or sixteen. Uh-huh. Last night was kind of a specialty show, yeah. so we charged twenty bucks. Yeah, and then the VIP tables; those tickets were um, were thirty. Huh. So it can it can go up anywhere from ten to thirty dollars yeah. per ticket, depending gotcha. on. You know who it yeah. is. I think when Curtis played there it was we charged thirty. Yeah. Duffy Bishop plays. When she comes to town. We do fifteen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Something like that. And it's I kind of leave it up to the artists. Yeah. Because that's pretty much their paycheck. Yeah.
0: Must um, be a happy thing for you to, to you know to when 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 she because she doesn't come in very often, and then you get a chance to play with her again.
1: Yes. And yeah. that's usually the theater. Yeah. That she plays. Yeah. And I love it. I'm. We usually do another gig or two. We played at Duff's the last time she was in town. Uh-huh. That was great. And then we played at the...
0: That was Philip Glass, which is, my, which is my phone. <laughs> the, oh, my, nice. my, 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 the ringer of my phone. Um,
1: yes, she got inducted into the Hall Music Hall of Fame. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'll call you back. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, that was Philip Glass Glass North Star when it was early records.
1: I should get more interested in more in Philip Glass interesting things on my phone I <laughs> about like the default <laughs> ringer.
0: <laughs> well, all right. This is good. all this all the information will be up here on the page. Okay. And awesome. Is there something that uh, of yours that we can play at the end of the, at, at the end of this uh, 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 some 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 music you could send us? Yeah.
1: We should uh, get yellow roses up there and give people a peek into what, what an we're doing. MP3. Yeah,
0: can you send me that tonight? Sure. Great. Absolutely. Well, so tell me what we're going to hear.
1: You're going to hear a song called Yellow Roses, uh-huh. which is an original song written by Julie, uh-huh. myself, and our producer, uh-huh. and it's inspired by uh, Julie went back to her hometown in Wisconsin and visited a place where she grew up. Where the the house is burned down, oh. um, and it burned down back, you know, back when she was a kid, and so it's a lot about her grandmother and memories of growing up and the types of things that you learn when you're a kid, and in particular what she learned, and have brought with her now, looking back. So it's a it's a remembrance. It's a bit of a homage to her grandmother. It's a beautiful waltz.
0: Well, great. Thanks for coming in, and let's take a listen to it.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: In a Polaroid picture of my grandma and me